Hey listeners, thanks so much for coming by and listening to this week's story. Uh, I had a lot of fun making it and more fun going back over it. I was in some kind of mood when I was writing it, and I think it is my best so far. Now, I'm not saying it's spectacular in any way, shape, or form, but to me, it, I don't know, it struck a chord, and I'm quite happy with it. Now, I don't know if you're going to feel the same, but keep your eyes open and your mind and heart open as well. And, or just shut your eyes. I don't know why it needs to be open. Anyway, have a good listen. I hope you have fun. Maybe you'll be channeling the same kind of weird, goofy energy I was when I wrote this. I present to you Mollusk Madness. I'm not sure how I should preface this. So I'll just come right out and tell the truth. I've suddenly and miraculously, or <laughs> rather terrifyingly, spurted a large purple tentacle from my left arm. Well, where my left arm should be, at least. When this wobbly limb shot out from my body, it detached my arm at the joint and sent it hurtling into my side table, knocking down a collection of various seashells and shattering my rarely used 12-year-old lava lamp. After staring petrified, at the oozing, gelatinous mass of lava refuse sprawled over my cream-colored shag rug. My eyes strayed to my limp left appendage, which now leaned against my bed like a recently used umbrella against the glass of a storefront on a rainy day. My peepers then tracked its trajectory back to the purple green-spotted, sucker-covered, grotesque, wriggling feeler, which now occupied the spot left by my second favorite arm. Although it first seemed to have a sentience of its own, I soon realized the flailing and suckering was caused by my own anxious, surprised mind, and not by any machination of this unarmed cephalopod. The chaotic nature of its movements could be chalked up to my own ignorance, of, you know, handling such a body part. When I could breathe and rationalize to the point of not suckering everything in sight, I sat and thought, what would cause such a biological development? When I suddenly recalled the events of the previous day, a school field trip to our local aquarium and biological waste research facility, located on the edge of the irradiated zone of our now- and recently defunct, retired nuclear power plant. The day had started out like any other. I had sat with my best friend Toby and passed the time battling monsters on our game buds, or handheld portable game consoles for the uninitiated. The trip was organized by our biology teacher, Dr. Marty, who, rumors say, was a former member of some top-secret government project called the Manassas Project or something like that. I think it's nonsense. Although the wild white wisps on his head, thick bifocals, and eccentric personality do much to stoke the proliferation of many a rumor. Anyway, as Toby and I were shuffling past the manatee and fecal depository tanks, they're separated by a glass barrier, animal safety first, I happened to meet the eyes of my long-time crush, Maria Pastora. 
Her jet-black braids framed her perfect face and button nose, and for a moment my heart fluttered and I couldn't breathe. By some conjunction of the stars, as my lungs were caught up in teenage harmonic chaos, I was knocked aside by a parade of Manatee Stan fan clubbers rushing to see their favorite slow gray mass of adorable giant blubber, whose tank I'd happened to stop in front of, frozen in the moment by my lady love. I fell forward, arms extended, plummeting toward the fecal tank, which I could now see bubbled unnaturally and glowed a minor shade of puke green, a color barely visible under the fluorescent light of the facility. Fortunately, for the sake of myself and my vintage 80s suede cowboy vest, Toby, brave, brave, reliable Toby, pulled me from the brink back to my feet. Unfortunately, my silk, baby blue western embroidered left sleeve did not fare so well, having been engulfed in the oozing fecal sludge up to the shoulder. Now I know what you're thinking. That's horrific! And yes, I must agree, but that is not where the story ends, my friends. For immediately following Toby's heroic deed and my rebalancing, a nearby attendant carting an unknown specimen under a black cloth stopped in surprise and awe, having just witnessed my near disaster. When precipitously, he too was knocked to the side by the local chapter of Fecal Freaks, a sewage sanitation club who regularly patrol the local sewage systems and waste pipes. They came rushing to the very tank I'd nearly scuba into. Their mad dash to eye the excrement sent the poor employee one way and the mysterious sample on the cart flying, where else, but directly at me. As the black cloth flew to the side, it revealed the most adorable purple cuttlefish one could ever imagine. Although in this particular case, as it jettisoned forth from its transport tank, its limbs splayed out in the form of a violent raptor descending on its mousy prey. Beak primed to tear at my face. With nary a thought, I reflexively lifted my arms to protect myself from this airborne mollusk. As it made contact with my left arm, it sunk its beak as deeply as a six-inch cuttlefish can and wrapped its tentacles around my forearm pumping out venom and other chemicals before suddenly it detached from me, possibly disgusted and disturbed after its suckers tasted and disseminated the contents of my filthy arm. Having just been the victim of a very aggressive sea squid and toxic waste fluids, I was feeling rather faint. Toby quickly retrieved Dr. Marty, who, after saying something about a great Scott and swearing under his breath about Libyans, Personally drove Toby and I back to school, leaving the rest of the class under the watchful eye of the bus driver, Victor. After a brief examination by the school nurse, I was sent to spend the rest of the school days in study hall with Toby, lamenting my embarrassing fall under the gaze of Maria Pastora, my one and only love. Toby, meanwhile, professed the tale to any other who would listen, correctly edifying his deeds, which sobered my disquiet heart just a little. I nursed my arm on the bus ride home, now covered in cheap plastic plasters. They covered the beak bite and the sucker marks of that most villainous, yet adorable cuttlefish. My day proceeded uneventfully from there, and I slept uninterrupted, which is where we come to the story as it stands now. Here in my room, my ruined shag rug, 
the stump of my severed arm leaning against my bed, and this writhing purple tentacle by my side. And all I can bear to think in this moment is, will Maria Pastora still go to the prom with a guy sporting so many sticky suckers? Oh, hell.